In December 1944, the Allies are on their way to winning the war. Following the D-Day landings, they've liberated much of Northern Europe, including Belgium. But then, Hitler launches a last gasp attack in the Ardennes forests of Belgium and Luxembourg. Mathieu Billat is director of the Bastogne War Museum. I've come to visit him today at the museum to discover a letter written by a German soldier who took part in the Battle of the Bulge. My name's Rich. I'm British and French. I'm a keen hiker and I love discovering the stories behind the places where I'm walking. Join me as I delve into the history of the Battle of the Bulge. Hi, Mathieu. Hi, Rich. So we're here today to talk about a letter in the museum's collection that's written by a German soldier, I believe. Can you tell me a bit more about this letter? What's it about and who wrote it? Yes, so this letter was sent to the, the family of a German soldier who was killed in action near Bastogne at the beginning of January 1945. It described actually how this German soldier was killed, so the last hours of his life. And the author uh, of the letter, uh, we don't know a lot about it. We just know that he was on the front line with the German soldier who was killed in action. And he wrote the letter in 1948, so just right after its captivity, after the war. Okay, so it's, it was a letter to his family to, to let them know how he was killed. How did the museum get this letter? So we got this letter um, via um, the publication of a local historian who studied the history of the German military cemetery, which is located in Rocogne village close to Bastogne, near Bastogne. Okay, so, so this book was uh, put together in the 1980s to kind of tell the stories of the German soldiers who were buried in the German military cemetery near Bastogne and who died in the Battle of the Bulge. When was it published, this book? It was published in the 1980s? This book actually was published in 2015, so uh, when the author of the book uh, died. And it was the will of the, of the author of the book, because published this kind of book in the year 1980s was still very sensitive. Um, many people knew the war, were very affected by what they lived, and so it was too early to publish the book at that time. Okay. So, Mathieu, can you tell me what the letter says about the conditions that the soldiers were fighting in? Yes, the letter is very interesting for us now uh, to understand the conditions in the winter 1944-45 for the, the, the combatants and especially for the German soldiers. Bielefeld, June 20th, 1948. Honored Bomer family, I have just returned from captivity in Russia and can inform you that in January 1945, I was still with your son, Lieutenant Baumer, in the area of Bastogne, and that I even witnessed his death on January 3rd, 1945.
I would like to quickly describe the last days of combat until the death of your son. I deeply regret that because of the years of captivity, many names of comrades and other details are lost. Only your address remained in my memory. Christmas, 1944. Our division was, through numerous night marches, launched into the Belgian Ardennes, where the Ardennes offensive was bogged down. With your son, I was driving one of the tractors, and I met him for the first time. Thanks to his open, cordial character, his disregard for difficult situations, and his unalterable optimism, I felt a particular confidence in him. Later, I was happy to be able to be near him during difficult engagements. On New Year's Day, a bright and beautiful winter day, we were billeted in a country house in the Hufalese area. There, we had been spotted by the constant air activity of the enemy and were under artillery fire. During the night of January 2nd to 3rd, our battery took position in a small forest. The situation was such that we found ourselves as if in a boiler and bombarded very violently from three sides. At dawn on January 3rd, your son, a former telephone operator and I, were sent as forward observers to the main front line. There was heavy snow, so we had a tiring march. Despite this, your son was confident and never lost his sense of humor. The situation was very critical. We had little food. I remember that your son shared with us the last bottle of fighting milk. When we reached the main front line, we were hit by enemy artillery coming from Bastogne and stopped. As luck would have it, just as our infantry was launching an attack, the Americans had prepared one. They advanced slowly, covered by a hail of bullets, machine guns, mortars, cannons, and armor support, while we opposed them with approximately the same means. While the infantry was taking heavy casualties, we were close by, undercover in a hole about 200 meters away. Your son suddenly decided that it was foolish for us all to go locate the exact position of the enemy. Despite our warning, your son carried out this mission himself and again told us as a last resort to stay well under cover until he returned. By this time, the sounds of battle had reached their peak. We could no longer wait for your son's return. In the meantime, some reserves and also assault guns had arrived. The enemy stalled and the noise of the fighting had fallen silent, little by little. Darkness had come down and we were in great anxiety for your son, who still had not returned. We had to postpone all searches until the next morning. I spent the night in a hole I had dug in the deeply frozen ground with only a blanket. In the morning, I found myself snowed in between many dead and seriously injured people who could not be transported. The morning was quiet. And likewise, we resumed the search. The enemy had gone so far back that we could safely recognize the battlefield. Unfortunately, our fear was well-founded. We found your son under a thin layer of fresh snow, 
about 50 meters from the position where he had left us. He'd been hit many times. In the prevailing cold, the sight was doubly terrible. I took his wallet to give to the battery officer later. I hope it is now in your possession. I hope my description has, in some way, given you a glimpse of your dear departed's last day. And I deeply regret that I cannot give you names of his battery to which I was only assigned. Have you looked among the old men of the 340th Artillery Regiment? Surely there are still comrades and officers who knew your son. If I can, in any way, be of service to you again, I am willing to do so and, on occasion, I can even visit you. In the meantime, I remain with my cordial greetings. Yours, Klaus Conrads. The letter's very moving. We learn about the personality of soldier Boimer. We learn that he's a funny guy, um, but it's obviously also very sad because we learn about how he died. But what do we actually know about him? So uh, Franz Josef Boimer uh, grew up in a small town uh, in North Renania, Westphalia, and um, he was the son of a, a teacher, five children in the family, and all of the sons of the family were killed in action uh, in less than a year by the end of the war. So, so that was his, uh, his two brothers were killed before him, is that correct? Yes, indeed. Uh, his two brothers were killed on the Eastern Front during the year 1944. So it must have been tragic for the family to lose all three of their sons. Why was it important for families like them to understand more about the circumstances of the death of their sons? Why were letters like this so important? Those letters are important because the families didn't get a lot of information about how their sons was killed, in which circumstance. They got also, uh, I mean, the official information sent by the army telling that the son was killed in such country, for instance, at that period or during a specific day when they knew. Sometimes uh, they, they mentioned he's buried in this place, but sometimes there is no more information. And so it's important for them to, 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 to get information from former comrades in arms of their sons to know more about uh, how he was killed and uh, what happened exactly. Uh, so those letters are very important for for families, but I think also for the author, because uh, they lived like a, a band. It was a band of brothers in a certain way, uh, comrades in arms. And so uh, for them, it's very important to complete the promise they make to each other to explain what happened to the family if something happened. And so, uh, yes, it's very important to, to write this kind of letter after the war. It's finishing the job in a certain way, explaining to the family exactly what happened. They knew that uh, they would like that their friends would do the same for us. So it's a kind of promise they make to each other to explain to the family what happened to the relatives.
Okay, well, thank you, Mathieu, for sharing your observations on this letter. I think the letter gives us a very good insight into what it was like uh, to be a soldier during the Battle of the Bulge, and you've given us a real insight into what it must have been like for those who lost loved ones during the war. So thank you very much for your insights. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for listening to this episode. The story you just heard is part of the Baston storyline along the Liberation Route to Europe. This transnational trail connects World War II remembrance sites and stories across Europe, and it comes with its own podcast series. Check out the Liberation Route to Europe podcast to discover compelling stories, biographies, and interviews that delve into the history of World War II. And for more content, go to www.liberationroute.com.